denying that music can make us feel all sorts of things. It can make us feel happy, it can make us feel sad, it can make us feel in love, it can make us feel thankful. But is it possible that one song could be cursed in such a way that it causes people all around the world to feel so much hurt and so much sorrow that they actually commit suicide? We'll explore that in today's podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mysteries Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and kind of odd today, I'm not joined by my wife, Megan. She's got a bit of a cold today, and so she won't be with us, and she has a sore throat. It's kind of one of those things she doesn't feel too bad, but you know how it is. Uh, talking is not something that you're really wanting to do whenever you've got a sore throat. So it'll just be me today, but I've got a really, really interesting story that I came across in our travels this week as we are in Hungary now, this story is not necessarily a true crime story. It's more of a dark history story. Some of the facts and details of this story completely blew my mind. I have never heard of this before. Uh, it's, it is so deep, and, and we're going to get into the details of it in just a second. But it blew my mind in what the story was actually about, and then it also blew my mind in what the outcome ended up being and how they fixed this horrible situation. So let's jump right into today's story. take you back in time a little bit. Let's transport ourselves back to Europe, back to Hungary specifically, in the year 1933. Now, this is about 10, well, I guess maybe 15 years after World War I. And since World War I, which obviously ravaged uh, Hungary, just like all the rest of Europe, Hungary has also been involved in multiple other regional conflicts and battles around their country. Now, obviously, war causes a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow. Some of that is due to the loss of life, whether it be civilians or soldiers. You know, families are ripped apart. Some people are displaced. Some people become refugees. Families are just hurting all over the place. And then additionally, you have this huge loss of property and loss of economy and loss of businesses. And sometimes people have worked their entire lives, you know, to build a business, to build their livelihood. And now they find themselves in this situation where it's just been crushed by something that's completely out of their hands like a war. And that's where we catch up with Hungary in 1933. And it's said that during that time, unfortunately, all over Europe, there had been a high rate of suicides occurring, and Hungary was no different. And they say that Hungary, unfortunately, had one of the higher rates in the continent. In fact, in Budapest, they had stationed boats permanently near the bridges that crossed over the Danube River because so many people were jumping from the bridges committing suicide almost daily that they had these boats out there to help rescue people as they landed in the water. That's how common the suicides were occurring. And of course, they weren't all drownings, but that just seems to be uh, the big method that people were using there in Budapest at the time. So now in 1933, we catch up with a man named Ceres. And Ceres is a songwriter. He's not famous. He wasn't known for anything. He was actually struggling at the time, but he was a songwriter. And he was going through a bad breakup with his girlfriend. He had been with this girl for a long time, kind of broke his heart. He was he was really down. He was really sad, really blue. And he starts composing this song on his piano. And he composes the song, and there's some speculation as to whether or not he wrote the words to it or if another man wrote the words to it. But in either case, he composes the song, and he's credited with this song. And the name of the song is Gloomy Sunday. Now, I've heard the song, and it does sound like a sad tune. It's, like I said, composed on a piano, and it does just kind of have a, a melancholic feel to it. But it doesn't feel too overly sad to me. It just feels like just kind of a, you know, just kind of a down kind of tune. However, a lot of people claim that this song is actually cursed and that it is responsible 
for causing so many suicides that were going on during that time. The reason they say this is because there are documented cases all across Europe, not just in Budapest, but in, in London and in Paris and all over the place, where people were either holding the lyrics to the song on a piece of paper whenever they committed suicide, or they had been listening to the song on repeat or something of this nature, or they were holding the album cover and things like that. They are credited with having been in close proximity, either listening to it or reading the song at the time that they committed suicide. That leads so many people to speculate that the song itself was actually cursed. Now, the songwriter, Ceres, he actually went on, he's, he lived for quite some time. He went through World War II, and during World War II, the Nazis actually placed him in a labor camp, and he did survive that. He got through the labor camp. He made it through World War II. Later in life, according to the story, whether or not this is true or not, some people have speculated that it's not true, but the story goes that he found out that his ex-girlfriend, who he had tried to reconcile things with, she had actually committed suicide herself, and it said that she left a note and the note was written on a copy of the sheet music for the Gloomy Sunday song. Whether or not this is true or not, this clearly affected Ceres, and in 1968, he ended up committing suicide. Unfortunately, he jumped out of his apartment building there in Budapest. He is quoted of saying, I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man. This fatal fame hurts me. I cried all the disappointments of my heart into this song, and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it. So clearly, it seems like he believed in some way that the song was cursed, or maybe not cursed, but he really felt like this song took off so fast and for whatever reason became so closely associated with so many deaths, and I believe that that actually did affect him. I wonder how much of that thought was going through his mind uh, whenever he was contemplating suicide himself. Surely that had to be a heavy factor given a statement like this that he had said. But this story isn't all sad. Let me tell you what happened during that time. Two men, one named Professor Jano and another was a hypnotist named Benzo, they decided that they were going to do whatever they could to help stop this, uh, this craze of suicides that were happening in their area, and they were in Budapest. And the idea that they came up with was a smile club. Now, it's well documented. Everyone knows that they say if you smile, it tricks your brain into thinking that you're happy. And you are happier. If you're thinking that you're happy, then you are happier. And so it, even back then in the 30s, these guys said we have to do what, whatever we can do to help slow down these suicides in our city. So they formed this smile club. And what they did is they were teaching people how to smile in certain ways. Now, some people say that these guys were just doing it for the money because you had to pay to be in the smile club. You had to pay to be taught how to smile these certain ways. But let me tell you the ways that they were teaching people to smile. You could essentially choose a celebrity, and these men in the smile club would teach you how to smile like that celebrity. They had the Roosevelt smile for President Roosevelt. They had the Mona Lisa smile. They had the Clark Gable smile, Dick Powell smile, Loretta Young smile. All of these celebrities out there these guys figured out how to imitate their specific smile, and they would teach you that. Depending on how long it would take to teach that specific smile or whatever the process was, some were harder, some were easier, the price would vary. However, it said that about a six-week training with them would cost you about $500. Now, that was a lot of money back in the 30s, so I assume that they didn't get too many people in this club. However, lots of people did, and there are lots of pictures of this. And I have actually downloaded a few of these pictures. I'm going to post them on our Instagram so that you can see them on there. And it is absolutely 
amazing what they are doing. Not only are they using certain techniques to train you how to smile in certain ways, but they are also using tape. They're actually taping your face in certain ways to train your muscles and to train your skin where it needs to be to get this smile based on whoever you wanted to be smiling like. So let's say you were a lady and you always wanted to smile like the Mona Lisa. Then these guys would say, sure, pay us, you know, $500 or whatever it was. And you'll come here once a day or whatever their schedule was. And we are going to put this tape on your face and it's going to hold it in a certain way. And we're also going to teach you these techniques and these ways of feeling. And when you're done in six weeks or eight weeks or whatever that specific smile dictated, you would be able to smile just like the Mona Lisa, according to these guys. And it seemed like some people were happy with it. They actually had quite a few members. I didn't, I don't think that everyone in town did this just because of the money factor, but they did have quite a few members. And a lot of people actually participated in this at the time. And it is said that the suicide rates in Budapest went down after the Smile Club opened. So a strong argument could be made for the fact that, number one, smiling does make you happier and smiling does help fight off depression. But it could also be said that the Smile Club did play a very important role in slowing down the rates of suicide. And I guess that's the good thing from it, you know. Now, whether or not the Smile Club was created just as a way to make some money or scam people, We'll never know what the true intentions were behind the Smile Club and these two guys that founded it. But in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter if the suicide rates did slow down. I mean, that's that's a win-win for everyone, honestly. So like I said, I'm going to post these pictures on our Instagram page. Go over there and check these things out. Number one, just because they're crazy to see these people's faces all taped up. Number two, I just feel like this is such an interesting part of history that we have where people were being innovative. You know, these guys from their town... Maybe they were motivated by greed. Maybe they were motivated by doing the right thing. But they said, hey, we have a terrible, terrible thing happening here in our city, and we're going to do something about it. And they did something about it, something completely out of the norm, something that no one else was doing, something no one else was thinking about. And they actually made a difference in their world. So go check out those pictures. Let me know what you think. Do you think that in some way this song was cursed? Do you think that in some way this song did lead people, unfortunately, to commit suicides? Or do you just think that this song came out at a very sorrowful time for a lot of people and it just happened to be around when these suicides were occurring? And lastly, do you think that the Smile Club actually made a difference or did it just show up at just the right time where maybe the economy was getting better or maybe there was some rebuilding efforts going on or something like that, and that is what helped slow the suicide rate down. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, so be sure to post a comment on it under the Instagram post. That's going to do it for this podcast, guys. Next time, I've got a great story for you, another true crime story. It's actually not just one story or one case. This one encompasses probably four or five cases that we're going to talk about, and they all have one common denominator. Now, these cases are said to be solved, I think, differently. And I think that the reason that they are solved but not solved comes down to that one common denominator. And we're going to talk about that. Megan should be back and she'll be on here to give some dialogue with that. I'm sure she's going to have some interesting insights for that as well. So be sure to check back. Again, we post twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays right here on Mysteries Abroad podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.